1: This is the Conquer Local Podcast, a show about billion-dollar sales leaders, marketers leading local economic growth, and entrepreneurs that have created their dream organizations. They want to share their secrets, giving you the distilled version of their extraordinary feats. Our hope is, with the tangible takeaways from each episode, you can rewire, rework, and reimagine your business. I'm George Leith, and on this episode, we welcome Martin Christosetter, Martin is the managing director of Compulse, a marketing technology and managed service company that makes omni-channel advertising more efficient and profitable for local agencies and media companies. Martin has 16 years of experience in digital media, ad and martech, and omni-channel marketing. He engineered the merger of his former company, Datasphere, with Compulse Integrated Marketing and ZipTV, combining the resources, staff, and technology of these three companies to form Compulse, which relaunched in July of 2021. When I met Martin, prior to joining Compulse, he led innovative digital media initiatives at a number of companies, but where I met him was at Markatron, where he developed a reputation as a leader who can take a vision and turn it into a reality. And hopefully we can get Martin to open up about some of that journey. He's a native of Norway, which, you know, I'm, part norwegian so we're going to connect well and martin currently leads the compulse office from his home in beautiful denver colorado get ready conquerors martin krista is coming up next on this week's episode of the conquer local podcast Well, Conquerors, bringing you Martin Christesetter today, the Managing Director of Compulse. Martin, thanks for joining us all the way from uh, beautiful Denver, Colorado.
0: George, great to be here with you. Thanks for having me.
1: Martin and I met, as I mentioned in the uh, intro years back when you were over at Marketron, and I I always admired your forward-thinking vision and innovation where you were, you know, I know Marketron from the broadcast days. That's how we scheduled the ads, and we scheduled the music around the ads and radio, and you're there building essentially a stack of products and services when, when we met, and then and then you arrive at Compulse. So could you kind of fill in that gap of how, you know, you, you leave that very innovative role at Marketron and you end up working uh, with... With, uh, with Rob and the team over at uh, Sinclair and, and then ultimately build Compulse.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Marketron, that was an exciting run. So, you know, just kind of looking back, Marketron acquired a company I started, which was painfully early in the messaging space, the SMS space. So we were, enabling TV and radio stations to better engage your audiences through SMS, text to win and get text alerts, et cetera. Um, And uh, Marketron acquired that. uh, And when we joined Marketron, it was was kind of the king of the traffic systems back then. It was 2012. uh, Wide Orbit was kind of just coming to market with more of their radio products. And what happened between 2012 and 2016, 17, was that the traffic business was quickly eroding, uh, wide orbit came out with a superior product around radio traffic. They used to just be TV. Now they had a really good, uh, radio traffic system. And then they went after our biggest customers that were radio that also had TV. And they said, Hey, why, why do you want two traffic systems? Let's have one traffic system and, uh, and their pricing was superior as well. So we ended up losing, it was a very quickly eroding traffic business. And we were looking at, it, it's like, where do we go from here? And, um, We basically said, look, we need to build up a a digital business. And the digital business needs to go after our current customers uh, and and try to enable them to sell digital, right? And a lot of these market-run customers was kind of the mid to like long-tail, smaller radio broadcast groups. Uh, All the big guys was currently at uh, Wide Orbit. However, the big guys were the guys that were actually selling most digital. So we built up this system that we named Pitch. And it was a planning, a fulfillment, and a reporting solution around some of the digital tactics. And uh, we went to market with that. And it, you know, when I departed, I think 98 cents on every new dollar we had at that company came from that solution. And, um, and I think nine out of the 10 top customers we had at Marketron were not even using Marketron's traffic system. They were digital-only customers. So it was a really transformative time. But what I did see as we were doing it was just the arbitrage, right? We were out there using a, you know, we were a reseller of other platforms, and we were marking it up. So think about a, a dollar spent in working media was really being sold directly to a media company at four dollars, and they went to market at 10 dollars. So between a dollar and ten or twelve was just a whole bunch of arbitrage and and fat and and middlemen. So I was looking at that becoming probably, you know, it was great party at that time. And it's probably still a great party for many companies in the arbitrage space. But what I saw was there needs to be a better business model to enable media companies like the Sinclair's and the Univision's and Tegna's and Nexstar's to have a profitable digital future. This take rate of 50 plus percent or more needs to become a whole lot less. And and my pivot with, with Sinclair building out compose was, really build out a technology platform that can integrate with the third-party systems of choice that can be wide-orbit, operative, what have you, and and just make a a better workflow system that's more streamlined, but that does a subscription, right? So it's a SaaS business. You take a very small SaaS business per station, and you pass on the media costs instead of marking it up, these crazy amount of margins. And what we're doing by doing that is really bringing a ton of profit back for the media company partners that we have, and that gives them a uh, a profit bill a longevity when it comes to digital revenue in a digital business versus a quickly eroding, you know, a margin compression that that most of the media companies have seen as kind of OTT went from 60 to 50 now to maybe $35 CPM, and you're buying it from the same guy selling it to you for 28. So every dollar you're losing in retail, it's just, you know, erosion on EBITDA. And that's really what we wanted to fix.
1: Well, and you know, you know this from the the days when you, when you started talking to media companies, they look at that traditional revenue line. Like it's this high margin line. We all know that it probably, if they added it up, it isn't as high as, as it looks. But over the years, they thought, oh, we got this 80% or 90% margin over here. Um, And then we start selling other people's products and there's a cost associated with those items. But I, you know, I just wanted to put this in a, tie it up with a bow. What you're doing is you're removing some of that so that when we sell to the auto dealer, to the lawyer, to the, Medical organization, they, there's actually some ad spend that's going into inventory that can get them the result that they want.
0: Yeah, the whole goal is to try and put as much of that spend into working media versus just paying, you know, multiple middlemen. And uh, and uh, you know, you don't have to be overly bright to see that needs to happen, right? It already kind of happened in search and social where it became fully commoditized. It's a bit of a cost plus, and and same thing is going to happen to programmatic like OTT and Splay and the rest. Uh, we think that this business model is the one that's going to be the kind of the future business model. And instead of being like a fast follower, we want to be the shoe that drops that kind of changes that. And it's it's a big undertaking. It's a big undertaking in technology and the investment, which, you know, obviously our ownership have been very graceful in regards to giving me somewhat of a blank check to build this out. And uh, and uh, it takes time to also make sure all the media partners are comfortable working with, you know, Compulse, which is a standalone LLC and a standalone entity. but you know, mostly owned by Sinclair, which potentially could be a competitor in some of these markets on the linear side. But I think, as you look at digital, if, even if you put all the radio, and the TV, the print guys, the local media companies together, we are hardly a blip on that 200 billion plus dollar opportunity that's happening in digital. And we're, you know, obviously working really hard to educate our partners to to see the world that way because we should really be coming together more. And and put our spend together to reduce our fees versus thinking of the linear you know shop across the street as our core competition on digital because we're not.
1: So uh, Compulse is you know as you mentioned Sinclair owned company but it's a it's a its own LLC and you have been out shopping with that very now famous line that you have with the blank check. So it, it's nice to have the dollars to be able to go and invest. So what have you been been acquiring to build out the stack? yeah,
0: so it's been it's a bit a bit of uh, there's been some acquisitions and then a whole bunch of development. So the the platform that we came to market with last year it's called Compulse 360. It's a uh, one one you know stop shop in regards to a omnichannel uh, you know digital marketing platform. So it has a planning component, omnichannel planning, uh, omnichannel fulfillment as well as reporting. And uh, some of the stack we built, so the dashboards we built out in-house, uh, the planning tools we built out in-house, obviously through the, all the integrations with you know the usual suspects and fulfillment platforms to get the avails back and stuff in real time. And then we acquired a DSP about a year ago. We acquired a DSP in Zip Media, which was, we owned about 30% of that at Sinclair at the time, and we, we took it down. And the reason we wanted to own the DSP was kind of back to that middleman to try and control more of that arbitrage because the typical big DSPs in our space with media the kind of mid to long tail DSP guys, they're not charging 10 15% on top of media. There's a whole bunch of arbitrage in there. So really, when you look at it now, when we have control and we can see it, we saw that we had stations paying $28 to a DSP that cost $13 to buy that OTT inventory. So now we're able to buy it at $13 and pass on all that savings onto our partners. So that was a big acquisition we did um, back last year. And it gave us not only a, the technology, the DSP, as well as a deep bench of ad tech talent, it gave us a global adops ops team as well. So we have a team onshore and offshore now. Uh, if partners choose, and most media partners do not want to build out a very large in-house adops ops team, it just costs a fortune, uh, they can benefit from uh, from our global team. So just as an example, if you hire a, a person here in Denver, to be your campaign manager, it might cost you, you know, seventy plus thousand uh, dollars. Sometimes up to ninety now, based on it's a revolving door too. There's a lot of turnover, and and the team that we have in India is you know a fraction of that. Right? You can get some folks in India for you know five thousand dollars that are equally as trained and and certified across all the fulfillment platforms. So we're able to again bring the margins back down and the take rates back down just because of how we structured it. Outside of that we've uh, you know we're actively on the acquisition train here and uh, there is a bunch more in the hopper. We did one more acquisition in December which was uh, around one automotive basically and it goes into our uh, automotive offering. It's a uh, it was called 360IA out of Lafayette. It was a smaller operation with about 20 30 folks. Uh, but had really great ad tech ta- ad tech platform directly to dealers. So we're able to bring that out to to our partners as well as the dealership platforms to hopefully consolidate more of that spend that might go to dealer.com or other specific point solutions.
1: Well, and I think it's it's interesting to note if your your customer base or maybe your your channel partner base, if I could use that name, because it's very similar naming convention to what we have. Um, They they are media organizations. And traditionally, those media organizations do well in automotive, in medical, in legal. Um, And it seems that you've built out vertical offerings around that. Could you explain a little bit around that? Because I noticed that the NADA, which just, uh, you know, the National Auto Dealers show, um, you guys were there in a big way with the Drive Auto brand.
0: Yeah, so Drive Auto is Sinclair's brand for automotive. Um, so all our partners have their own brands, uh, how they differentiate themselves from the competition. At the end of the day, Compulse is what's really powering it. So we work behind the brands. We power for example, for Drive Auto, we acquired the, uh, the, the dealership platform. So that's actually what's powering most of that business, as well as all the fulfillment around digital marketing, whether it's search or social or OTT or kind of inventory-based ads you might see in display or in social or on TV. Uh, Compulse and, and through that uh, ad ops team that we have globally, we're the ones that actually do all that fulfillment on behalf of uh, on behalf of Drive Auto. And Univision and, and other partners that we work with have their own offerings. But at the end of the day, we're we're basically the brand behind the brand that's powering it.
1: So we just finished, uh, as I mentioned to you before we got on the show, uh, Gordon Burrell's uh, conference here. And it ran into a whole bunch of your team. You guys had a great footprint at that show. We're going to interview Gordon actually later today in our interview cycle. Um, but I, I do want to touch on one theme that I heard throughout that two-day event. And that is around over the top advertising connected tv everyone was talking about video and and I know you wouldn't have been making these investments if you weren't bullish on it as well so what what is it that you see that's driving this wave of video and the demand for it from cuz if there wasn't demand from the advertiser it wouldn't be driving the the revenue growth that we're seeing so what what do you think is at the at the base of that demand
0: yeah look there's been uh, there's been that uh see change during COVID obviously in regards to adoption of streaming um 80 plus percent of all the households have streaming devices and whether you're you know consuming Netflix or or uh you know HBO or any of the station-specific apps, for that matter. There is just a whole lot of consumption that's happening through streaming now. Uh, Linear is still obviously the king in regards to the ad spend for most of our partners, but streaming is just growing very, very rapidly. So through the acquisition we did on on, uh, on Zip, uh, now the compulsed DSP, we uh, you know we have all that direct connection to the biggest pubs out there for some of the lowest rates that we can enable our partners. Uh, Take Sinclair as an example. They might own a couple of connected TV apps. We have, uh, I think they have NewsOn and Stir. Those are two specific apps. NewsOn is actually really sizable, kind of like localized news, partnering with the next stars and the grays and other partners out there to basically put their stations on. we're, we're, we're able to basically enable them to not only sell into their own CTV apps through the same system, but get the extension and the scale of the local market to be able to find those audiences on streaming, as well as what we can do on the linear side. And the beauty of this is tying it all together in that omni channel dashboard. So, in a converged kind of selling, you could show what ran on linear. What ran an OTT and, you know, all the other tactics potentially, incrementality, really what audience did you find on, on linear? Now, what did you find on streaming? And, and basically through this platform, enable our partners to grab their fair share of that streaming budget that is getting really hot. Rapidly growing, and there's a bunch of competitors fighting for it, even outside of the typical TV stations.
1: Well, and I'm glad you brought up the competitors because I found myself sitting in that crowd. I've been doing this for a long time, as you could tell by the gray hair. Um, and, and I was sitting there going, wow there are rock stars on stage that if they were sitting with an advertiser that was spending a million two million dollars on budget across their automotive group with a team of people that are really smart you're really gonna have to up your game in those discussions that obviously you're seeing that because some of those rock stars work for you
0: absolutely um, we've got you know the beauty of 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 our team is we hired a bunch of guys from the TV space, right? And, and the streaming side is, it's obviously the same content. It's, it's video. It's just consumed a different way, but very similar in regards to, to the audience you're going after, right? Same advertisers that we have the relationships with through all these media partners that we work with, but yeah, ensuring that our sales reps know how to talk to it and, talking to it in a digital fashion in regards to the attribution the things that are readily available with streaming that just weren't up until fairly recently on linear. Now you are kind of starting to put the converge together. You can start seeing what did linear drive, what did OTT drive, but just the level of precision and targeting and capabilities we have now on the streaming uh, video side is, is, is really groundbreaking. And, and the team has been, you know, successful in regards to communicating that value prop to to our media company partners and training those guys to go out there and fetch more of that local streaming dollars.
1: I don't know the answer. I don't see it in the show notes. So I'm just going to throw a curveball from left field and and understand something. Um, do you work with one reporting platform or do you work with numerous reporting platforms? Because I believe if we're going to take a rock star, have a conversation with a large advertiser, we better be able to dial the reporting in to a, to a very granular level.
0: Absolutely. So, we're agnostic. So, we have built what we think is, uh, is a great reporting dashboard. Uh, now, if we have um, a customer that says, look, we want to use the Vendasta dashboard, or we want to use Tableau, or we want to use TapClicks, we, we support any and all. Obviously, through the data feed, we are able to, you know, to, to get our data from the DSP or any other platform into any dashboard of choice. Uh, but yeah, we do offer up a omnichannel reporting dashboard that is slick, that gets down to the very granular level. And uh, that's obviously something that comes with the platform and every campaign, but we work with larger agencies and advertisers through our partners that might say, look, everything needs to feed into our BI system. And we're happy to support that as well.
1: So, it, you know, with those larger spends, they're usually able to invest deeper into business intelligence or data science teams. They're going to have ways that they want to consume it, depending on the CMO or, you know, who's ever responsible for the spend. So it's, it's good to hear that you have that level of flexibility. If you look in your crystal ball, and one of the things I've always admired in the years that I've knowing you is you're, all, you're always thinking down the road. So without letting out any trade secrets, cause I know you won't do that. As you look in your crystal ball, Martin, what do you see in the next 24 months to 36 months in this space?
0: Um, I hope I can tell you that in the next, you know, 24 to 36 months, uh, we have somewhat created the, the trade desk of local uh, basically a, uh, a platform, a, the compulse 360 platform that works across the industry uh, with a lot of our partners, um, whether it's Cox or Nextstar and Tegna and others, we're able to support any and all uh, and really customize the platform to work for them and their reps with their own and operated inventory integrated into it and and really help consolidate more of that spend that's happening locally. Um, as you're probably going to hear from uh, Gordon, as you're talking to him later this afternoon is, oh, digital is huge. It's a 200 plus billion dollar opportunity locally, but it's that elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. And that is, none of that spend or the vast majority of that spend happens at the retail rates that our station partners are out there charging, right? And unless we fix that, all that is, is just, you know, uh, it's just a pipe dream in regards to what could potentially be available. We need to change the business model. We need to take down those take rates to enable our media partners, traditional media partners to be competitive to get their fair share. And, and I hope the platform and the partnerships like you guys and others that we have, were able to bring to market the solution that you know, will really serve the need for the advertisers and at a rate that makes the traditional media companies competitive And we will see a rapidly growing, but also profitable digital revenue stream coming out of those station partners.
1: No, and I like that you're calling it out because it's something that you're right. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know this has been going going on for a long time. And I think the advertisers just took it. I remember talking to a good friend of mine the other day. And, you know, he's taking over the family business from his father. And he said, moving forward. The marketing dollars will be spent based on ROI, not based on who can buy me the best golf game, the best trip, the best steak dinner. And, you know, that relationship piece that's in my legacy, that's how I was taught to sell. Build rapport, take them out for dinner, give them concert tickets, is now being replaced by a buyer that really is digging deep into the numbers and knows that it's an investment, knows that dollars are precious and wants to know that it's performing an ROI. And it seems like you're meeting that customer base where, you know, where the rubber hits the road. So it's it's pretty cool to see. If people want to learn more about Compulse, how would they get a hold of you?
0: You know, go to compost.com. Uh, it's probably the quickest way to do it. You can get a hold of me, obviously, uh, through LinkedIn. It's probably the quickest way to get a hold of us. But yeah, check out compost.com and read up on our solutions and, uh, you know, reach out. We would love to talk to you.
1: Good. And, and I appreciate getting the learnings today. We're going to make sure we put all this in the show notes. And by the way, Martin's team is producing some great content on those LinkedIn channels. I'm in there consuming and liking it as I continue, you know, my learning around. Hey, by the way, Martin, in Canada, CTV is uh, the Canadian Broadcast Television Network. So when that acronym gets used, there are people in Canada going, oh, no, but it's Connected TV. You know, there's a lot more to yeah. this on over-the-top, connected TV, attribution rates. There's a lot to unpack there. And thanks for bringing the content that you have online to take uh, to take salespeople down this road to learn a little bit more about it.
0: Thanks, George. Yeah, we're happy. And hopefully we can continue to produce some great content for you all.
1: appreciate having you on the show. Have a great day.
0: Thanks, George. You too. Have a good one.
1: I love talking to Martin. He's one of the sharpest people in the space. And what he's building at Compulse is really interesting because he mentioned it. Compulse is owned by Sinclair Broadcast. Sinclair Broadcast is one of the largest television broadcasters in the US. And he actually has built a managed service and a technology company that serves a number of the large broadcasters. In fact, maybe even competitors in a market, but they're supplying services that are outside of that linear television business. So let's dig into some of the things that Martin talked about. He talked a lot about arbitrage. What the hell is that? If you're wondering what it is, it's when you have a wholesale rate for something and there are a bunch of middlemen in there that need to eat. And what that does is it drives up the retail rate that an advertiser is going to pay at the end of the day. Now, unfortunately, when this happens inside an advertising spend, You may be, as the advertiser, spending $25 a thousand to capture an audience, but actually only $12 or $13 is being spent on ad spend or on the inventory. The rest of it is going in the middle. Now, that's a hell of a lot of creative. (laughs) That's a a hell of a lot of video that's being shot if we're talking about OTT. A lot of times, it is not even building creative. It's just feeding all those mouths that are involved in the middle. So what Compulse is dead set on doing, is reducing the amount of arbitrage in the middle, getting a fair profit for the services that they're selling, the inventory that they're selling, and making sure that the advertiser gets amazing return on investment, which then usually leads to an increased ad buy. Our CEO, Brendan King, very famously, has told our CMO, Jeff Tomlin, you have an unlimited ad budget. Just prove to me that it's working. And a lot of advertisers are like that. I've been selling advertising for a long time. So I'm a big believer in the mission that Martin is on, where can we put more ad spend against the inventory and make it work better for the advertiser? The other thing that Martin talked a lot about is the ability to empower those organizations to provide the right services. And there is this rise of over-the-top, connected TV Can we also empower the trusted local experts? There's a lot of data to support that when somebody looks to run video advertising, they reach out to their local TV rep, their local cable rep. And that's because those are the people that they feel are video experts. But Martin and Compulse are dead set on being the provider of that information and that data and that technology so the trusted local expert can walk in there. And that's what we're all about here at the Conquer Local Podcast, empowering those trusted local experts. Today has been a deep dive into video advertising, utilizing OTT, over-the-top, CTV, connected TV, and streaming. If you liked Martin's episode discussing ad and Martech, let's continue the conversation and check out episode 217, the evolution of search engine marketing with our good friend, Sandy Lore, where she talks about the new marketing stack. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us this week on the Conquer Local podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you.
0: You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast presented by Vendasta guest discovery by Zoe Schneider marketing by Rory Lawford and Nicole Lozon produced by Brett Clarenbach, executive producers Brendan King, George Leith and Colleen McGrath recorded at Sound Lounge by T-Bone